the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Monday, December the 14th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on December 14, 2012, a gunman killed 20 first graders, six educators at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newton, Connecticut. I think we all remember that. Then he committed suicide as the police arrived. The 20-year-old had also fatally shot his mother at their home before he came to the school to carry out the attack. Today in 1799, the first president of the United States, George Washington, died at his Mount Vernon, Virginia home. He was 67 years old. Today in 1819, Alabama joined the Union, the 22nd state. Today in 1911, Norwegian explorer Roald Amundsen and his team became the first men to reach the South Pole. They beat out a British expedition led by Robert Scott. Today in 1981, Israel annexed the Golan Heights, which had been taken from Syria in 1967, according to Associated Press this morning. However, they did not seized the land from Syria. God had given them that land much, much earlier than 1967. The world just has a problem with coming to the grips with the truth of Israel's beginnings and founding. And we will live with that until the Lord returns. But that's how Associated Press is reporting Israel and their relationship to the Golan Heights. Today in 2008, Iraqi broadcast journalist Al-Zaidi, you don't remember his name, but I think you'll remember what he did. He got so mad at U.S. President George W. Bush during a press conference in Baghdad, the guy took off one of his shoes and threw it at President George W. Bush. He missed him. Bush ducked. And then, so this journalist, so-called, took off his other shoe and threw it at Bush, and Bush ducked again. Neither shoe hit Bush. But the video, the cameras were running, and the video was was uh, imprinted and went all over the world. It was kind of funny, really, but it just you never know what's going to happen in a press conference, I guess. Today in 2016, Yahoo said it believed that hackers had stolen data from more than 1 billion user accounts back in August of 2013. Then a year later, in October of 2017, Yahoo came back and said, well, we were wrong. The figure was 3 billion, not 1 billion user accounts. Interesting. Over the weekend, we learned that the, and the White House acknowledged yesterday that the U.S. Department of Treasury has been hacked by a foreign government. They're not sure which one, but they're 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 all over it. They're trying to figure out. They said it is a an existing government entity. It's not just a lone bandit out there somewhere on this planet. 
but they did they did hack uh, some of our government um, accounts. It was carried out on the Commerce Department's National Te- uh, Telecommunications and Information Administration (NTIA) and it prompted an emergency meeting of the National Security Council. And they are reporting today, the United States government is aware of these reports. We're taking all the necessary steps to identify and remedy any possible issues related to this situation. And um, they said they have been aware of it for a while. It was Microsoft's Office 365 that was hacked in our government agencies. We'll probably be hearing more about that as we go forward, but always serious stuff. This is a new world in regards to cyberspace. Just a few years ago, a couple of decades ago, we were talking about the possibility of the Internet. In fact, I remember having a personal conversation with a businessman. He was at that time a billionaire. And I said something to him about, I was a very close friend and I'd known him for a long time. I said something to him about, boy, it looks like there's going to be a, a lot of opportunity on the this new thing they call the internet internet that's coming out and marketing and so on and he said oh gary he said you know what he said i don't think that's ever going to get any traction he said people are not going to be buying things in mass on the internet well i tell you that story not not to suggest that i was all that smart it was just suggesting that he was not really keyed into what was going on at the time. I wasn't either, but at least I thought it might be an opportunity. But it it has been that for sure. But beyond that, it also has created a ton of exposure for billions of people on this planet who put everything they do, every time they do it, on social media. I really question the wisdom of that. But I know there are people who just have to do it. They can't stop, and some of them are good people, and some of them are my friends. But boy, I tell you, we are exposed as never before through the Internet, and particularly, and it has a lot of value, I mean, obviously, ministry and so on. But the vulnerability is significant. I think this episode that happened to our own federal government just affirms that. I got this note in the mail. I wanted to share it with you because part of what it says, all of what it says is very important to me, and I'm I'm touched and humbled. But one part of it is particularly interesting to me. It's a just a handwritten note with a check. The note says, all I can say is thank you for what you do. It's awesome. I'm ever so grateful for you telling us the truth. Underlined a couple of times exclamations. And then it says, thank you for leading me to the Lord. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Be safe and well. We will be safe and well with God's help and God's covering. But thank you for sharing that testimony. Thank you for the kind words, certainly, but thank you for sharing that testimony that you found the Lord. That is the most important thing we can ever do on this radio program. Yes, we're here to tell the truth, to talk about the news every day to the best of our ability to get to the bottom line and talk about how it affects our lives and what it means, particularly in the perspective of God's eternal truth, the Bible. So thank you.
And thank you to all of you who support us. It is so very important at this time. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. You can also go to our website. It's faithandfreedom.us. There's a tab there. If you click on it, there'll be an article that I wrote on that particular day, if it's a weekday, like today. And um, up at the top, there's a tab there you can click. It says Donate. Thank you so much. When the Electoral College meets today, at least it's scheduled to meet today, it's supposed to certify that Vice President Joe Biden is the 46th President of the United States and that he will take oath of office on January 20. I don't know if they're meeting or not right now. This is 9 o'clock in the morning. It's about 8 minutes after 9 o'clock in the morning on Monday the 14th. I'm not sure what they're doing, but the day is scheduled. We'll see what plays out. Unfortunately, I won't be able to talk about it on this program until tomorrow. But we'll see what happens. Is there a possibility that they would not confirm him? Yes, there is. It's slim, but there is that possibility. I'll come back to that in a moment. But I couldn't help but notice a picture this weekend of Joe Biden's dogs playing tug-of-war with a President Donald Trump chew toy. You know, those things you buy your dogs and they bite on them and play with them, and sometimes it's a bone, sometimes it's something else. Well, the Biden family had bought this, I don't know where they got it, but it's a character of, it's a like a teddy bear, except it's Donald Trump. His yellow hair and all. And the dogs, one dog has it in his mouth, the other dog has the other end of Trump in his mouth, and they're pulling. I found the pictures interesting in that Joe Biden is calling for national unity and healing. He's saying that again and again and again. Late Friday, the U.S. Supreme Court denied Texas their motion that would have essentially nullified the presidential elections in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Georgia, and Wisconsin. Had the Supreme Court not done that, the Electoral College would have waited. Again, I don't know what they'll do today. That'll happen, perhaps, as we speak, it's happening. That would have changed the outcome of the presidential election, but they chose not to. Rudy Giuliani says President Trump has a plan B. He said that over the weekend. He said plan B is to expose the election fraud. And Rudy said it's already underway. Saturday evening, and I want to touch on this today as well. Saturday evening, Antifa, or Antifa as some call it, and the BLM, Black Lives Matter protesters, attacked a Christian Trump supporter in Washington, D.C., and they attacked him because of what he said. He's walking down the sidewalk and he says, Jesus Christ is coming soon. Well, a lot of us feel that way. We read scripture, we read the Bible, we understand what it says, we understand the days, what the days will be like, there'll be perilous times and so on. So this person, this Christian, simply says out loud, Jesus Christ is coming soon. And he's attacked repeatedly. There is indeed a political and spiritual tug of war in our nation, and I thought those two dogs pulling on Trump, kind of in an offhandish way, It kind of illustrates 
the battle between two very opposing worldviews. I noticed Biden's granddaughter, her name is Naomi Biden, she apparently had posted that picture along with other pictures on Instagram. She also posted this message I found interesting. I hope you'll enjoy these pics of me, Champ, and Charlie, first ever grandpupper, noting that she had took them during our hashtag tug-of-war match. She went on to say on her post on Instagram, Champ was the champion. Some names are predestined, just like winning in a landslide by a record number of votes. As Joe Biden's canines attempt to shred the incumbent president, or a character of him, Biden is calling for unity and healing. Biden was talking to CNBC, that's NBC's so-called news channel, or business channel, just last week. And Joe Biden said this, he said, we've won with the most votes ever cast for a presidential ticket. Yeah, I would say so. And we're seeing all over this nation and in all the cities, in all parts of the country, indeed across the world, an outpouring of joy. He was kind of suggesting that it was joy to the world. Joe Biden has come. That's really what he was saying. Then he said, quote, Trump supporters are not our enemies. This is a time to heal in America. And he continued, I will work to unify, not divide. Biden's appeal for healing comes amid his amassing the most secular, far-left, anti-American, anti-freedom, anti-life, anti-traditional marriage and family, anti-capitalism administration in the history of this republic. We've never seen anything like this. There is indeed a tug-of-war for the soul of America. One side is demanding a reset or a remake of America, while the other works and prays for a restoration of our country and a returning to our Judeo-Christian values and principles upon which this nation was founded. There is a political tug-of-war. Mountainous articles have been written over the weekend, even, about the court's ruling on Friday evening. But let me tell you the bottom line. I was I was not surprised. And then I thought, well, maybe. And then they said no to Trump. Friday afternoon, the Supreme Court, I, we talked about this on our Friday program here. I said sometime today what we could hear from the Supreme Court. Well, we did. They denied Texas motion for leave to file a complaint for lack of standing under Article 3 of the Constitution. Now, I'm not a lawyer, and I mean, those of you who know me know me that I've been an ordained minister, pastor, my entire adult life. But when the request was filed by Texas last week, I was talking about it on this program, and I, I said then, I said, man, I'm concerned. Again, I'm not a lawyer. But I said, I'm concerned that the court could rule that Texas does not have standing in this case. But then I read on, and I thought, well, you know, maybe this is a way to get around that, because that's a big deal. Even I know that. The Supreme Court said, in part, in their statement on Friday afternoon, quote, the state of Texas motion for leave to file a bill of complaint is denied for lack of standing under Article 3 of the Constitution. Texas has not demonstrated a judicial, judicially recognizable interest in the manner in which another state conducts its elections. All other pending motions are dismissed as moot. 
The order does not foreclose any other pending or future election appeals at the Supreme Court. In other words, they can still, Rudy Giuliani and the lawyers working for President Trump, still can present to the court. They didn't block that. So Rudy says, we're moving on to Plan B. In fact, he said, we move, I'm quoting him, we move immediately, seamlessly to Plan B, which is to bring lawsuits now in each one of these states. How can they do that? by today. I don't know. But he said over the weekend, he said, we already have them prepared. They're just a version of the one that was brought before the Supreme Court. He said, President Trump has given us the go ahead. And then Rudy said, quote, if the state doesn't have standing, surely the president of the United States has standing. And certainly the electors in the states have standing. So they will be bringing those very cases right in those uh, courts starting today. He said that I think it was Friday night or Saturday morning. He said, let's see what excuse they could come up with to use to avoid having a hearing on that. Then he said this, nobody wants to face the reality that this election was stolen. That's true. <clears throat> excuse me. Secular progressivism has moved America to a place where about half the country can't handle the truth. Nor do they want to hear it. Personally, I was profoundly disappointed in the court's ruling. The question lingers, though, did they simply not want to face the overwhelming amount of evidence of corruption during this election? I've said this before, but I got to tell you, I, again, I'm not a lawyer, but, you know, I'm, I can think, (laughs) and I have studied all of the evidence that's been put forth by a myriad of people, not just Rudy Giuliani and others, but a bunch of people, and some in the press that are trying to be honest about this whole thing and not just push an agenda. And I am convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that this election was rife with fraud and corruption. I'm convinced those machines they're using are corrupt. They're made, they're created for corruption. They are. What does this mean to the next election? The next important election coming up is January 5 in Georgia. If those two Democrats win, and we'll be talking more about that in the the near future, but if those two Democrats win the runoff election for the Senate, the Democrats control the Senate and the House and maybe the Oval Office. That should be concerning to everybody. We'll keep you posted as we move forward on this, and what I'm talking about now is happening as we speak. So the Electoral College is scheduled to meet today, yet millions of Americans refuse to accept the legitimacy that this election and its outcome, and they're not they're going to continue to believe with President Donald Trump that it was rigged. Was the 2020 election stolen by the establishment to get rid of a president, Donald Trump? That'll be debated for years to come, but I I think the evidence is pretty clear. It could become historically something like, did FDR have advanced knowledge that the Japanese were going to attack, or did Lee Harvey Oswald act alone in doubts, that kind of a thing. It's interesting, but it's concerning as well. The perception that something was afoot 
first arose in the minds of millions in the hours after the election on November 3rd. We talked about it here. Now, 83% of Republicans polled by Gallup said they don't believe the reports of Trump's defeat. Things often perceived, whether they're true or not, have real consequences. And there was justification for that perception. Who was not stunned to learn that as Trump seemed to be pulling ahead in the voting count on November 3rd, suddenly around midnight, the vote counting appeared to stop in the crucial swing states, and we're told it would begin again early the next morning. Well, why would they halt that? Well, they had all kinds of excuses. There were broken water mains and all, which turned out to be a plugged toilet. Again, things perceived as real. They're not, but they have real consequences. The press knows that. Karl Marx knew that. Certainly Saul Alinsky knew that. They taught how to use that and how to manipulate those kinds of things. Even the Washington Post reported this week that midway between Election Day and the Inauguration Day, only 27 congressional Republicans would acknowledge Biden's win. 220 GOP members of the House and Senate, 88% of Republicans serving in Congress, said they wouldn't say. They're not sure. Trump continues to fight on. Millions stand behind him. We live in unusual times, to say the least. Now we know that Rudy is working Plan B this morning as I speak. They're on the phones talking to Republicans in Congress to reject the designation of Biden as president. Give us more time. There's fraud. There's monumental fraud. Where will this leave us January 20? What will happen today? We'll have to wait and see. American politics will be even more poisoned and polarized than it's been over the last four years. Tens of millions of Americans will see themselves as disenfranchised. They'll believe that the greatest champion they've had in decades, Donald Trump, I know he's unlikely, but he is the greatest champion of conservative values, biblical values, as a matter of fact, that we've had in the White House, including of George W. Bush, who said often he was a born-again Christian. And I don't question that, but even he didn't stand as strongly for Christian and biblical values as Trump has done. Trump has been painted as a racist, a sexist, a homophobic, treasonous. The people that voted for him have been characterized as torch-carrying deplorables. The hypocritical calls from the mainstream media today for us all to come together, for Joe Biden to be talking about healing, it's just a little raw to be listening to that, in my opinion. It's amazing. And now the Democrats appear to have captured the White House, in their own minds at least, the message is, hey, can't we just all get along? What lies ahead? Pat Buchanan wrote an article on this today, and part of what I just shared came from that, and part of it is from my own thinking. But it's, it's a good article. And he said this, quoting from one of the books that he had written a while back, Nixon's White House Wars, the Battles That Made and Broke a President and Divided America Forever. Buchanan said this, and I quote, Some see cessation, but through cessation is unlikely a cessation of the heart has already taken place in America. So true. We are two nations, 
two peoples seemingly separated indefinitely. Can a nation so divided as ours racially, ideologically, religiously still do great things together as did the America of days gone by to the amazement of the world? And he leaves his comments with that question. I can answer that question in part. The spiritual part of this tug of war is about Christian and biblical values. Saturday, Antifa and Black Lives Matter protest attacked this Christian Trump supporter during this event in Washington, D.C. that I mentioned a couple of minutes ago. A journalist, Drew Hernandez, posted a picture showing the man walking down the street. So it's, it's on video. And the man says, fairly loudly, but he says, he's not shouting, but he says, Jesus Christ is coming back. There was a group of hecklers there that heard him. Later, a man is seen, is seen wearing a black block. It comes up behind him and punches him in the back of the head, really nails him. Does the left hate Trump or Christians the most? Later, he's seen trying to pick up a bicycle, the same Christian, and another guy, not the same guy that hit him in the back of the head, but another guy jumps on his back. In another incident, Antifa BLM protesters engaged in a fight outside the Capitol Hill Hilton Hotel, and they're seen on video hitting a Trump supporter in the head with a megaphone by one of the Antifa protesters because the Trump supporter was talking about God bless America. Hernandez, this journalist, also reported that a Christian couple who support Trump were physically assaulted and maced by Antifa and BLM people. However, as hate was on full display near nearby, thousands of Trump, say tens of thousands of Trump supporters were there, and they gathered in Freedom Plaza at the Capitol to sing God bless the USA, America. The image of two dogs playing tug-of-war with the likeness of a political opponent might have had some humor in different times, but today, today the humor's lost in the reality of where our beloved nation finds itself. Oh, I love this nation. Oh, not as much as the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is forever. Nations of mankind are for a season. Yet God created, God modeled, Sovereign nations and borders, even languages. I've talked about that on this program before. The far-left secular progressives are trying to reset and remake America into something our founders gave. They gave everything they had. They even put it in writing to create and defend. They wouldn't even recognize what these people are trying to do to America today. Conservatives and Christians are working and praying not to reset or remake, but to restore the greatest nation in the history of the world, a nation where rights are not bestowed by government, but by God himself, with government being charged with the protecting, not the dispensing of those God-given given rights. Trump is flawed personally. He has, without hesitation, though, strongly supported that vision for America. Those who are casting stones at him are they themselves, not without sin. I don't defend him. I simply make the point that Trump has stood with conservatives. Whatever he may be or not be, he has stood with biblical Christians. William Penn, the founder of what is now Pennsylvania, one of the disputed states, he wisely said, men must be governed by God or they, they will be ruled by tyrants. That's where we are today. What is our future? It all depends on what we do about God. And if we stay under God, our future looks good. If not, 
not so good. The current tug of war is about which path America will choose. Thanks for being with me today. I'll see you right here tomorrow.